Alabama head coach Nick Saban has officially announced his retirement from college football. And while some of you Gamecock fans might not expect this, Saban's departure could have a great impact on South Carolina. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank you all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. We are free and available, as always, both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. It was the news that sent shockwaves throughout the college football world on Thursday evening. Head coach Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide officially announced his retirement. Uh, Obviously, this is something that has been sort of rumored or it's been a rumbling for the past year or two but when it comes to a coach's grades Nick Saban you never really expect it until it actually happens and so Nick Saban retiring from football this is obviously going to change a lot regarding college football and also the Southeastern Conference as a whole but this could also have potential ramifications for South Carolina as well in a couple different areas, both when it comes to coaches and also players. Let's start off with the coaching side of things. Obviously, with Nick Saban leaving Alabama, the Crimson Tide, they are moving quickly to try and find a replacement for the man that's considered the greatest of all time in this sport. And a couple of the coaches that they could be considering are coaches that, as of right now, South Carolina is either quite familiar with or they're going to be familiar with very quickly in the next few years. The first name I'll throw out there is obviously Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. If Dabo Sweeney were to be the guy at Alabama, this would obviously change everything for South Carolina when it comes to the Palmetto Bowl because obviously ever since Dabo Sweeney has been at Clemson and really truthfully since Steve Spurrier left South Carolina back in 2015, the rivalry's been very one-sided. Yes, South Carolina won in 2022, and in 2023 you could argue if a couple plays go differently and the offense has some semblance of life, South Carolina wins that game. But... Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers have held a stranglehold over this rivalry for the last eight, nine years. If Dabo were to leave Clemson, then uh, that would change a lot. It would change things for the Tigers. They would have to conduct probably a nationwide coaching search for a new head man of their own program. And for Shane and the Gamecocks, it would give them an opportunity to really try and gain even more ground on their arch rivals. Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin is another possibility here for the Alabama Crimson Tide. South Carolina, they haven't played Ole Miss a ton in the past few years, but they're getting ready to play them every other year with this new SEC football scheduling format that's starting up in 2024. And Lane Kiff and the Ole Miss Rebels, they've been viewed as a program that is quite similar to South Carolina. They've had their good spurts throughout their football history, but they've also had a lot of down years. And right now, 
Honestly, Ole Miss is probably going through their glory years as a football program. If Lane Kiffin were to get poached by Alabama, and I certainly could see him being interested in that job, then Ole Miss, they would have to work hard to try to find someone that could somehow match what Lane Kiffin has done over the past few years, which is elevate the perception and stature of that football program, at least for the time being. And I don't think that Ole Miss could strike gold twice in terms of that aspect. I think you'd probably see them fall down a peg or two, and it would give South Carolina, therefore, a chance to possibly try and surpass them over the next couple years if they were to get things back on track. And then the last coach, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Now, South Carolina, they don't have really any history with Texas. The reason why I mention this is because, again, just like Ole Miss, South Carolina's about to play Texas a lot more often, as weird as it is to say, uh, in the very near future because of the new scheduling model here in the Southeastern Conference. And with Texas, they just got back to, onto the national map, being in the college football playoff. They were officially back, finally, in 2023. If Sarkeesian leaves, then it could end up hurting the Longhorns and potentially, again, bumping them back down to where they were at before, which was an 8-2, potentially 10-win program over the past 10-15 years. Also, depending on who Alabama hires as their next head coach, they could end up looking at assistants that Shapiro used to work alongside, maybe at Georgia. And I say that because of how expansive Nick Saban's coaching tree is. And you have to imagine with the philosophy that Alabama is looking for in their new head coach, that they're probably going to try to stick with some of the same kind of guys in that aspect. And so, if that winds up being the case, the candidate pool for Shane Beamer, if he was looking for a certain assistant coach at a certain spot on his staff, it would be narrowed to a certain degree. It would see certain names scratched off the list if they were to go to Alabama. So that's also something to bear in mind with this entire process. Now, Alabama also has some players on their roster that South Carolina has been interested in the past. And right now, the Bama players, they have 30 days to enter the transfer portal because of the fact that their head coach has officially moved on per the NCAA transfer portal rules. So South Carolina, hey, there's guys like LT Overton on this team, Daniel Hill, Justin Okoronkwo, Amari Jefferson, Dylan Lonergan, Ty Lockwood, Antonio Kite. All these guys are familiar with South Carolina because they visited South Carolina at a time in their recruiting process, or the Gamecocks, they were very close to landing them for a couple of these guys. Now, admittedly, I think that's very unlikely that the majority of these guys go to South Carolina because, obviously, for one, South Carolina won't be the only team that's interested in some of these players, but also it's kind of depending on the situation, but they don't have a whole lot of room at this point with all the guys that they've already landed out of the transfer portal. The only guy that I think they could potentially go after is maybe an Amari Jefferson and Antonio Kite because Jefferson, he played for former Gamecock Eric Kimry at the Baylor School in Tennessee, so they've got that connection there. Antonio Kite, he's the one guy that took an official visit to South Carolina besides Dylan Lonergan, who I also mentioned earlier. So those two, potentially three guys, I could see a path where maybe they wind up in Columbia, but I don't I don't think it's likely. So we'll just have to see which guys enter the portal and if South Carolina decides to pursue them once they enter the portal. And the last thing I will say real quickly, and this is kind of a given with Nick Saban retiring, but the path up the SEC ladder is 
a little bit easier now because Nick Saban is no longer here. Now, obviously, it's not like Saffron's got a cakewalk at this point. Again, they're coming off a 5-7 and seven season where they've got to show tremendous improvement in 2024. Shane Beamer's got to be able to adapt to a certain degree. And also, Kirby Smart, last time we all checked, is still the head coach of Georgia. And Georgia, essentially, right now is kind of the new Alabama in terms of their dominance and how much they've won over the past few seasons. So... Um, you know, again, it's easier, but it's not that much easier. And then you throw in the fact Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. And uh, yeah, it's not maybe quite as big of a deal in that regard as it would have been, say, five, six, seven years ago if Nick Saban had retired then. But point being, you might not think that it's really the case, but depending on how all these dominoes fall, Nick Saban retiring from Alabama, it could have an effect on South Carolina when it comes to potential coaches in the future, maybe their own rivalry with Clemson, if Dabba winds up being their guy. We're just going to have to see how everything plays out over there in Tuscaloosa. Now, Nick Saban was not the only football coach that left his respective school on Thursday, as South Carolina is going to lose Jody Wright to Murray State. So, what should our reaction be to this move? And what does this mean potentially regarding the reports surrounding James Coley being a potential assistant hire for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks? We'll touch on all of that in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you are someone that is a uh, concert goer, if you enjoy your share of music, well, I've got just the event for you. R&B artist Neo is going to be performing in the Colonial Life Arena this coming Saturday night. Neo is known for big singles like So Sick, Let Me Love You, When You're Mad, and also Sexy Love. So hey, if you're looking to get some action with your significant other later that night, who knows? This might be just the kind of concert that you need to go to. They've got good deals right now. You can get a lower bowl ticket for $122 in Section 115. Good view of the stage. Or if you want to go a little bit cheaper, you could also go into the lower bowl and get $101 per each ticket that you buy. Either way, you're going to be able to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's LOCKEDON, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a really big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your first listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. It was reported on Thursday afternoon that South Carolina Titans coach Jody Wright was officially moving on to Murray State. And I believe that the Racers actually even announced the move officially later on that same afternoon. And I will say, Jody Wright moving on to Murray State, I think that this is a win for both him and also South Carolina because it's a clear sign that James Coley is set to join this staff potentially in that exact role. Now, first of all, I want to give y'all my quick opinion 
on Jody Wright going to Murray State. I'm very happy for Jody Wright. I've only had one interaction with Jody Wright since he's been at South Carolina, and that was at the Gamecocks Media Day event this past August. And Jody, he was as nice as could be when I was talking to him. He came across to me as a guy where, you know, if you walk past him, you know, going for a walk on the sidewalk, you know, he's going to be sure to stop and say hello and, you know, ask you how you're doing and how your family's doing. He comes across as a very genuine and very personable guy. So, um, Jody, I, I think he's definitely got the kind of personality that can attract college talent that really fits the college game or potentially the high school game where I think he got his start. His family has a lot of ties to high school football coaching in the state of Alabama. And so what I will say about this move for Jody in terms of the business side of things is he's going to have a little bit less pressure on him because he will be dropping down a couple levels in terms of the level of competition that his program is going to be facing. And because he is the head coach, while yes, he does pretty much now oversee everything that's going on with Murray State's football program, he won't have to go out and recruit as much. He's not going to have to get out in a car and drive multiple hours one direction, then maybe another hour and a half another direction. He's not going to have to take a bunch of flights to go see people. Not as much as he would have to if he was a position coach. And I think that that means that, of course, he's going to be able to spend more time with his family, and it's just going to be maybe a healthier situation in that regard, even if it means, again, you're going down to the Missouri Valley Conference, which is, I believe, the conference that Murray State resides in, and you're taking maybe a bit of a pay cut. Either way, at the end of the day, what matters is that you're happy. So I think that for Jody that this is the kind of move that's going to ensure that. And so I'm really happy for him in that sense. It does also kind of feel like that this was a move where, you know, Jody was told to look around to a certain degree. Uh, and of course, I could be completely wrong on that. And maybe Jody, he was kind of eyeballing one of these kind of jobs before the season even began. But, you know, when you look back at Eric Kemry and how he left South Carolina, he had been a high school head coach for a very long time over the Hammond School here in Columbia. And then he went to South Carolina as the tight ends coach for one season, then immediately took that job at the Baylor School, which I believe is a boarding school up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but pays a lot of money, actually kids on campus, so on and so forth. You get the point. I don't think it's quite an apples-to-apples -apples comparison there because Jody had been in the college game for at least a pretty good while, but he did split up his time between being in the football office, being a personnel guy, and then being an on-field assistant coach for that school. So I could kind of see it being one way or the other, but again, this is where I think it's a win-win for both because now James Coley, if he is going to be officially hired by South Carolina, which again... It seems like that pretty much everything's lined up for that to happen. It just hasn't been announced yet. But that would be a big deal for South Carolina, getting him on their staff. I talked about it on the Wednesday show more specifically. So if you want to go back and check all that out, basically the guy's an ace recruiter, ton of experience in the SEC. And so South Carolina can afford to just slide him right on into that tight end coaching position while Jody Wright, again, gets to go into a situation where I think he won't have quite as much pressure on him when it comes to the amount of responsibilities that are going to be on him. And again, you know, that's not to say that he has no pressure, but obviously with college football and the way it is right now with recruiting, the transfer portal, the amount of time and energy that you have to spend when it comes to all of your job duties, 
you could see why, you know, maybe a, a guy like Jerry Wright would want to maybe just go down a level or two in this instance. So that's why I think this is a win-win for both Jody Wright and South Carolina's football coaching staff. And while South Carolina continues to wait for the potential announcement that James Coley is going to join South Carolina's football program in official capacity, you no longer have to wait when it comes to transfer portal quarterbacks because South Carolina has finally landed one. They secured a commitment on Thursday evening. So, who was the quarterback and why could this be a really good move for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks in multiple different ways? We'll dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL regular season has officially wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, during the NFL playoffs. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets whether you win or you lose. It's a pretty good deal right there. There's a plethora of wild card games taking place this weekend in the NFL. And an intriguing one is the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Detroit Lions up there in Michigan. Matthew Stafford is playing his old team and Jared Goff is also playing his old team. And the over-under for this matchup is set at 51.5 points. That's the highest over-under out of all these wild card matchups this weekend. And I think it comes for good reason as both offenses rank in the top 11 in the NFL in overall yardage. So, whether you're interested in maybe betting on that over-under or you want to check out some of these other games, the FanDuel app is easy to use and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina finally landed a transfer quarterback on Thursday evening, and that transfer quarterback was Oklahoma transfer Davis Bevel. Now, the Gamecocks move here, getting Davis Bevel out of the portal, this could be a potential 4D chess level type move by Shane Beamer and this staff. And I'll explain why in just a moment, but before I do, some quick background information on Davis Bevel, because you might be wondering, who the heck is he, and what could he bring? Well, Bevel has played five years of college ball, so he's going into his sixth season in the 2024 year. He played three years at Pitt before playing the last two seasons over at Oklahoma, and during that time period, he completed 37 of his 62 pass attempts for 339 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And he's also listed at 6'6", six six, 226 pounds. So, pretty big dude, definitely has the size to play at the Power 4 level. And he does have some experience, which is notable considering the current lack of experience that South Carolina's quarterback room has. Now, I will say... I don't think he's competing with Lenore Sellers for the starting quarterback job. I don't think that that's happening. But to get into why I think this is a potential 4D chess move by Shane and the staff, the first thing, I do think that Bevel is going to push Dante Reno in spring practice and potentially in fall camp. Obviously, again, 
We have talked about it several times now on this show. South Carolina had to get somebody on this roster before spring practice so that you weren't basically going to go out there with Lenore Sellers, who played 21 snaps last year, Dante Reno, who quite literally just moved into his freshman dorm in the past week, and maybe Luke Doty, who pretty much played wide receiver for you in 2023. You did not want to find yourself in that situation. So, bringing in a guy like Davis Bevel now means that you probably don't have to move Luke Doty over to quarterback if you really don't want to, and Dante Reno now has an experienced guy alongside him that is going to push him, a guy that, again, has been a part of a lot of football in his college career, and Dante Reno, you know, again, as much as I think his learning curve is going to be lower than usual because he is a coach's son, and he's definitely got the intangibles when it comes to his leadership, I think that Davis is definitely going to push Dante a lot more than he probably would have otherwise if you didn't bring in a veteran quarterback from the portal this offseason. So that is one reason why this is a 4G chess move by Shane Beamer and the staff. Second reason, Davis could help South Carolina when it comes to exchanging information about his old team in the Oklahoma Sooners. We have to remember, South Carolina is playing Oklahoma in 2024. And so, this is where this move really gets a lot more intriguing because, obviously, when a coach goes from one place to another, typically, they take with them information if they are playing or facing their old team that very next season. We all saw that in a negative way for South Carolina last year when they played North Carolina because Freddie Kitchens, when he was interviewed after that game, um, he pretty much made it clear that he shared information with that staff and probably with some of the players. Uh, He tried to basically hide that, but didn't do a very good job of it. He did not have a poker face, to say the least. So, it definitely happens with coaches. At the same time, it can also happen with players, particularly a quarterback in Davis Bevel, who has spent the last two years there as a part of Brent Venable's program at Oklahoma. So Davis Bevel is going to be able to tell you some things about some of their personnel, some guys' strengths and weaknesses, but he might not be able to help you a lot in terms of schematics because Ted Roof, I believe, was the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma, but they've parted ways with him this offseason. And offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby, he went and took the head coaching gig at Mississippi State earlier this offseason. Either way, though, it is going to help you, even if it's just a little bit in certain areas that maybe we all don't notice when the game takes place this next season. One last reason why this is a potential 4D chess move by Shane Beamer. Davis Bevel is a South Carolina native. Left that all the way up to this point to really emphasize this. He played at Greenville High School. So South Carolina now has three former Red Raiders on their roster, building a pipeline slowly but surely, it seems like, with Greenville High School. So Shane Beamer, he continues to show that he prioritizes kids from the state of South Carolina. That matters a lot. These high school football coaches, they want you to show that you care about their kids, that you're going to give them attention. They want to see that. Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks continue to do that. They're going to like this kind of move, and it's going to earn them more favor in certain coaching circles within this state. 
That stuff matters when you have a class like the 2024 class for South Carolina that pumped out a ton of power forward level and, in certain cases, SEC level talent. So, it helps you in recruiting as well. This is going to be good for competition in that quarterback room, particularly with the backups. This is going to be good when it comes to potentially getting some information about a future opponent of yours in 2024. You'll take anything you can get right now. And this is going to help you in terms of recruiting because head coaches at the high school ranks in this state, this will catch their attention. All of that backs up the notion that South Carolina landing Davis Bell out of the portal, yes, it might not make you do a bunch of cartwheels in terms of maybe the talent or the potential that he has long-term for this program, but it does offer a lot of benefits in multiple different areas. With that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on Nick Saban's retirement? Do you think that it's going to have any impact on South Carolina's football program, or do you think it will have no impact? What are your thoughts on Juddy Wright leaving to take the head coaching gig at Murray State, and what it might mean for James Coley potentially joining this football staff? And lastly, what are your opinions on the Gamecocks landing transfer QB Davis Bevel out of Oklahoma? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. <laughs>